Hi, and welcome to The Intersect. I'm Eric Tischler. Apt Associates tackles complex challenges around the world, ranging from improving health and education to assessing the impact of environmental changes. For any given problem, we bring multiple perspectives to the table. We thought it would be enlightening and maybe even fun to pair colleagues from different disciplines so they can share their ideas and perhaps spark new thinking about how we solve these challenges. Today I'm joined by two of those colleagues, Natalie Matthews and Terry Mata. Natalie leads App's HUD technical assistance team. Her expertise is in the areas of homelessness, coordinated entry, system modeling, capacity building, data analysis, policy development, and homeless management information systems. Terry has almost 30 years of experience as a registered nurse. Her expertise is in geriatric nursing, and she serves as an associate scientist and nurse researcher on several App long-term care federal and state contracts. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Um, hi. Hi, Natalie. <laughs> hey, Terry. <laughs> Great to talk to you both. At App, we work on all of the social determinants of health, helping our clients tackle the specific challenges they've been organized to address. However, on App's side of the fence, we keep talking about how those determinants, such as housing, education, workforce, health, are connected, but often the work on those issues isn't. However, Natalie and Terry have teamed up to address COVID among people experiencing homelessness, and we thought it'd be great to talk about lessons learned and how we can leverage those lessons moving forward. Uh, so to start, Natalie, can you tell us what the HUD TA team typically does and how you segue into COVID work? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, so APPS Homelessness uh, Technical Assistance Team is comprised of about 20 of us, and we primarily all uh, come from backgrounds of working directly in communities. So many of us, day in and day out, work really closely with communities to help them strengthen their planning efforts, to help strengthen their data collection and analysis efforts, make improvements to programs, just really help them um, as they work towards ending homelessness, ensure that they're doing sort of the best, most strategic work possible that really centers um, ideally people experiencing homelessness in that work. We've been doing that work as a team for well over 10 years now at APT, uh, working primarily for HUD, but also with contracts through the VA and other federal partners and local entities. And really our work to, um, related to COVID started very soon after uh, COVID started itself. So in late March, uh, we were tasked by HUD to join a newly formed uh, disaster and public health response team that was this partnership between HUD, the Centers for Disease Control, um, and organizations like National Healthcare for the Homeless. And it was a very quick pivot. Everything really switched in that moment to needing to ensure that our technical assistance to communities was inclusive of again, public health guidance, disaster response, and really ensuring that communities had the information that they needed to respond as quickly and effectively as possible to this pandemic that we were all uh, going through. Great. So Terry, how did you get involved and what did you bring to the process? So um, in, um, I'll start off with our division. So in the division of sure. environment uh, or DHE, we provide that's apt slang, by the way, for our yes. listeners. <laughs> um, we provide innovative evidence-driven uh, advisory assistance to the clients that we serve. Um, and that contributes to the bettering of health and safety of individuals and families and communities. So like uh, Natalie was saying, you know, we, we have a background of working in communities. Um, the work that we do contributes to app's overall mission to improve the quality of life and well-being of people worldwide. So in the work that we do in DHE, it requires that we have those appropriate skill sets, right, that include an understanding of cultural competency and equity, 
as well as the ability to provide technical assistance that's accessible and tailored for the diverse audiences that we see across the healthcare spectrum to be able to address different people's needs. And with my 27 years of experience as a nurse and quality improvement professional, and uh, the colleague who worked with me who's not on the podcast today, um, Stephen Hines in DHE, he has extensive experience in communications. And so we brought these skill sets um, and our work experiences in both federal and state sectors um, in DHE to this project. Um, and we were introduced to this project actually through Chris Spira, who was connected uh, by somebody in SEP <laughs> to say that, you know, it would be good to, to have this collaboration between um, these two divisions within APT. SEP being the, the division that Natalie's in. Yeah. And so in the contracts that I specifically am involved with, I provide direct education and technical assistance to providers, patients, and caregivers in all different settings of care and in collaboration with our colleagues as part of the HUD technical assistance communication team, what we do in DHE really fits into what we were tasked to do there, which was to provide those technical assistance supports via communication to the communities and stakeholders and the continuum of care leadership and frontline workers um, that specifically help them plan and prepare for and respond to the issues related to COVID-19, especially related to the equitable vaccine distribution to people experiencing homelessness. You want to talk a little bit more about that, the equitable distribution? Yeah. Terry, do you want me to jump in or did you want to sure. start? Okay. Yeah. So um, it's a great question and was really a central part of the work that we were embarking on. So at the time um, of really starting to think about vaccine distribution, it was really important uh, for from HUD's perspective to ensure that we were able as TA providers to help communities with prioritization planning at the local level. So there was some guidance, of course, given by the CDC that was very strongly encouraging that vulnerable populations, including people experiencing homelessness and folks that work um, with people experiencing homelessness are prioritized for the vaccine. However, it was all decentralized at the state and the local level in terms of what the priorities actually were, who was actually prioritized for that vaccine. So we know that homelessness um, is something that was a crisis well before the pandemic, but it was something that the pandemic really um, sh shined a light on in terms of the vulnerabilities that people experiencing homelessness always face and how those intersect yeah. with public health situations, including um, a pandemic like COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So we know the homeless population in general is aging quite significantly. It tends to be comprised of significant uh, percentage of older adults. We also know that homelessness very disproportionately impacts Black, Indigenous people of color, and that likewise COVID-19 um, has put communities of color at increased risk as well. And so it's been very important in vaccine planning to ensure that we're providing guidance and support to communities to help them really advocate um, to ensure that people experiencing homelessness are really central in the thinking of public health officials when they're coming up with those vaccine plans. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe, Terry, that you and several of your colleagues worked on products, right, that really helped um, identify some strategies for communities to put in place to really um, think through those prioritization efforts for vaccines. And, and, you know, the interesting thing, too, is that we were asked to provide it in different formats. Mm -hmm. So um, some of it was basically just infographics. So for people who may have some low literacy skills, it was, you know, pictures. Um, for some folks, it was um, talking points, not necessarily a specific product, but it was specific talking points that were directed towards 
um, specific groups of people. Um, so they really, I think, in this um, in this whole endeavor, really tried to expand the um, ways to communicate to the people that they needed to communicate to those vulnerable um, folks. I mean, you think of people that um, you know that are uh, sheltered, homeless. You know, they have a little bit more uh, access to things, right? They might have access to a computer, or a telephone, and things like that. But then you've got folks that may be unsheltered. And, you know, how do you get this information to them? And so um, I think that a lot of that, um, you know, came out in in looking at and considering ways to communicate to people. You know, it's not really something that you think of, you know, on a daily basis, right? <laughs> because we're so exposed to this technology all the time. And when you have to start thinking about people who need to get information, especially vital healthcare information, and they don't have access, how do you reach them? It's really, it's really a question that I did not consider much until I came on this project. I'm really glad you mentioned that, Terry, because um, I think one of the other things that um, really didn't necessarily think of before this work is that a lot of the general public health guidance, right, related to COVID were things like stay at home, social distance, right? <laughs> things that if you're experiencing homelessness, you can't do. So this um, work on vaccine planning and distribution was really another example that highlighted um, the need for really having responsive resources and resources that could meet people where they were and really help people um, regardless of their you know, living situation uh, with, with staying safe um, and staying well during a pandemic. Great, well, so that... Um... I think segues to what I was going to ask, which is um, having teamed up, uh, how do you feel like that collaboration has helped each of you kind of expand uh, your work and like where might there be opportunities to do this in the future? So um, do you mind if I go first, Natalie? Oh, please. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, um, so, well, I think that part of it is that it challenges some of those standard assumptions we have about, as I was saying, about healthcare and access to it. So for example, you know, there are times in our technical assistance provision that we might tell patients that they need to consult their primary care physician related to a particular condition. But having been involved in a project where the population of focus is on those experiencing homelessness, you start to think about how you approach this issue of primary care. As many who are experiencing homelessness don't have a primary care physician to consult with, <laughs> so their right. access is very different. Right. Um, another uh, benefit of this collaboration was really in the recognition that there are a lot more types of people who are experiencing homelessness that we would really expect, which we kind of touched on uh, a couple of minutes ago. As you know, as they say, some people may only be a paycheck away from losing their home. Um, there's something that really hit me working with this team because we're not dealing with the typical stereotype that we hear about all the time in, um, about those who are experiencing homelessness, you know, that they have use disorder or they, they, mu they must have mental health issues. It's really applicable to just about anyone, right? People who have mm -hmm. children, people who have college degrees, maybe teenagers who've left their home for whatever reason. But what this means in our work is that we really have to pay close attention to this issue of homelessness because people in this situation will all have different needs depending on their particular circumstance. And there's really no one size fits all approach. And to give a, like a concrete example in some of the work that I do, in one of our projects, we're providing education and technical assistance to nursing homes related to the continuation of medication-assisted treatment for opioid use disorder. 
So these are folks who've um, been through detox, they're in the acute care setting, and they now need to receive skilled services from a nursing home. But prior to their acute care stay, they were experiencing either recent or long-term homelessness. And so this is a challenge really for the discharge planners in the nursing homes, because although they can point people to those resources that might be able to help them find shelter, the person's expectation is that the nursing home will find them shelter. <laughs> so some of these resources and programs that we were exposed to as a result of our collaboration with SEP and the HUD TA program will be of great benefit to our team as we begin to think about our work in the next program year for that particular contract. How about you, Natalie? Um, yeah, I would say that really this work um, together with uh, with Terry and her colleagues in health has reinforced um, for me and I think several other folks on the team just the interconnectedness of, of health and, um, and homelessness and really reinforce the fact that, you know, we know that um, people experiencing homelessness, they have their quality of life improved. Um, they have their, you know, general sort of like stability and well-being um, improved when they're able to be permanently housed. Um, and so recognizing that real uh, need for housing to be um, at the center of the work that we're doing and, and recognizing that folks that are experiencing homelessness do have many vulnerabilities or challenges that might make them much, um, much more central um, to public health planning as well, right? Um, I don't know that the partnerships that have been in place at the local level between public health systems and homeless response systems were um, there to quite the same degree that they are now um, due to the pandemic, right? So having, you know, public health and um, the homeless response system really collaborating as much as possible, um, whether it be at the federal level or, you know, like Terry and I did, um, through this project together, it's really just recognizing that our work is always overlapping and intersecting and that the more that we can center people experiencing homelessness in that work um, and in the responses that are developed to something like a public health crisis, like a pandemic, um, the better that, you know, that everyone will be served by that. Well, I'm a sucker for ending the podcast whenever someone says intersect or intersecting, but it's really great that the two of you um, we're able to partner in this way and get so much out of it. And hopefully there'll be occasion for more partnerships like this in the future. So thank you both for joining me. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. And thank you for joining us at The Intersect. Mm -hmm.